Dempsey, and welcome to Club Lib, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the bookish sphere. Here, we talk to professional book lovers that have translated their love for literature into niche career paths. We'll chit chat about everything from those questionable book talk recommendations, what BIPOC books you have to add to your TBR, and how to get that book published. There is no gatekeeping here, sis. So get comfy, because you've entered Club Lib. That night, this is the truth, I had a dream, but the dream was about the eight parts of speech in somewhat of a tree image. So I got up that morning and built it before I went to school, you know, out of construction paper, colorful construction paper, went to school the next day and just started using it with the students. Hey y'all, welcome to Club Lib. And today I've talked to Miss Sheila Beverly. Now Miss Beverly has been not only prevalent in places of academia, but also an educator for over 20 years. Round of applause, round of applause. <laughs> And in that interview, when she's talking about what she had a dream for, it's a curriculum she designed entitled The Grammar Bubble. Now, The Grammar Bubble transforms how middle, high school, and first-year college students understand the eight parts of speech. It makes the learning process kinesthetic, tangible, um, and all-around transformed. The tagline is empowering voices in print. And after hearing that tagline and how she designed the curriculum, even in just talking to her, I felt empowered. (laughs) So I'm really excited to share this interview with y'all today. And with that, let's hop in. Um, So first we're going to do some, um, I like to call them fun questions and introductions so the readers can just get to know you um, aside from your uh, professional career. Um, Okay. what are you reading now? Um, so like, is there any book that you're reading now that, that, um, is memorable or that you're enjoying, um, that you're reading? (laughs) Well, I, what I've been reading lately, and, and it may not be a lot of fun for listeners, but I have actually been reading a lot of academia books lately, uh, to see what other authors are saying about the work. I'll be honest with you. Uh, one in particular has to do with, uh, act, speak, and text. And so it, it's kind of giving me a recall of when I was in the master's program uh, with reading. And that has been intentional because of my focus right now. But prior to that, I was reading uh, a text, uh, I think it says, The Blessed Life, something to that effect. And uh, reading about how sometimes our thinking uh, can hold us back from moving into a more successful mode. So that's, that's kind of where I've been. <laughs> mm, yes, I, I feel like a bunch of our readers can, uh, uh, readers, excuse me, our listeners can uh, definitely connect with reading a lot of academic text. I know myself, yes. I've been reading a lot of academic texts right now, and I haven't been able to enjoy my fun books. <laughs> like that's what them. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like you guys right about now. Um, and I guess our second one would be, 
um, when you do have time, when you're not, you know, reading those academic uh, books of literature, what is your favorite genre of book and why? say my favorite genre is uh, maybe narratives and the reason is many times when we read the narratives of someone else's life it gives us insight on the human experience and and for me that's a big deal I, I want to know about other people's experiences and how they were overcomers. And it, it encourages because when we all come to know that the human experience is different, but it's the same because we're kind of all made from dust and wrapped in this flesh and all of those things, you know, and we kind of all experience that same kind of uh, thing when it comes to dealing with commitment, focus, persistence. What is it that I up against to be able to carry that out that thing of self-discipline so mm, that's yeah. powerful yeah yeah <laughs> I, I'm trying to read more uh biographies and autobiographies yes. narratives because I feel like there's so much wisdom to be gained when you it read is. about somebody else's life yes yeah. <laughs> So to take us back a little bit, to just pivot, um, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners kind of where you're from uh, so they can get a little sense of, you know, where you grew up. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I like to say, people, say to people that I am from the country, from the farm in Davidson County where my grand, in Davie County, where my grandparents were farmers. I think the most memorable message that my mother gave to us was that in our family, what we love is God, family, and education. And that was something that she really kind of drilled um, to us. Now, so far as where we lived, we actually lived in the housing project. And my mother was a single mother. And um, though things were tough, it's, it's really amazing to me. We, we didn't think it was tough. And, and maybe because we weren't the ones carrying the family as she was. And we always had food. We always had shelter. We always had clothing. And each Sunday, we always had scripture and prayer. And it was really hilarious because my grandfather used to say, before we could eat, everyone had to say a scripture before we ate prayers and scriptures. And they always, we always had a program. So that brings me to why I love literature, acting, and even the language of Shakespeare because of the reading of the Bible that we heard from the grandparents and then my mother. And when I um, started in my Shakespeare classes, even as a senior in high school, I absolutely loved it. And it was the language because it was written during the same time of the publishing of the King James Version of the Bible. And so it was a connection for me. Mm, wow, powerful. I, I can see that love for literature stemming from the King James version of the Bible because it's very much so these thousand <laughs> very very beautiful language <laughs> so this this was a good transition to then I'm assuming that this um kind of love for literature that you know stemmed from reading the Bible and that really manifested itself at your senior year in high school is that what kind of 
then solidified you going to college to study English? Is that what? Yes. Okay. Yes, it did, Dominique, but I have to put a little uh, transition of what happened in my life. Um, now, I, I had a child at 16, and then the father and I married at 17, <laughs> just as we graduated from high school. He was in the military, so we, you know, lived as a family at Fort Jackson, and then those, that marriage didn't work out. I had um, my children, and then I married again, and this husband uh, passed away, and in that transition of all these different places, um, I discovered that I could go to college with a VA loan. And so I was 28 years old. I said that to say this, that I was 28 years old before I attended college. And the love of literature and English was still there. And that's, I knew what I would major in. Mm, that's even more powerful that it, even after, you know, things happened in life, that it was still yes. overwhelmingly there that you had to study literature. Wow. Yes. So um, I guess I, this is a good transition for now, your, uh, your writing process, your kind of your um, methodology about approaching how you teach English, how you teach literature, uh, you mentioned plays, and that often, you know, incorporates movement and, uh, 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 you know, being yes. tactile and things of that nature while you're studying this. So uh, is your kind of love for the arts and also love for plays what also stemmed your methodology for the grammar bubble? If we can go there now, I guess. Yes. Transition. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Um, what I discovered is um, when I was teaching that students did not relate the eight parts of speech to writing. And but to get them to that point, the first thing I did was develop a community of writers is what I called it. And we always started with collaboration and discussion because I wanted them to get to know their voices um, when we were discussing not only just academia, but other things in life and outside of, of the classroom. When I worked with young students, uh, I, I worked before high school, um, I'm going backwards, with a school that worked with children with learning disabilities, or they didn't say it that way. And I like that, learning differences. And the uh, key was to help the tactile kinesthetic learner learn to write. The program was directed at reading, which I loved, and I did get my master's in reading. However, the parents were so concerned about writing, and I said, I believe they can write. And they said, all right. They never have before. I said, I have some things that I, I'd like to do with them. And in a reading conference we had, the instructor, the guru from Wake Forest was talking about reading. And he had a tree to explain it. That night, this is the truth, I had a dream, but the dream was about the eight parts of speech in somewhat of a tree image. So I got up that morning and built it before I went to school, you know, out of construction paper, colorful construction paper, went to school the next day and just started using it with the students. They caught on. 
Then I did them the same way. What is writing? What is reading? How are they connected? And from there, I started um, working with the Grammar Bubbles features to bring it to a place that was user-friendly for students and easy for them to build from base up. And they caught on, they did it. And um, from there, it has been history, working with students, learning the eight parts of speech. Mm. Yes, it's, I think um, what's so cool is that one, you had the dream about <laughs> the, the, the grammar bubble um, and that, you know, the manifestation of it is helping so many students who are struggling with reading and I myself at a like young age when I was like I didn't start reading really well until I was like in like third fourth grade um we discovered I probably needed glasses later on but <laughs> but you know it also was you know needing that extra help and needing teachers who were gracious and really you know I had a really great English teacher Miss Brown you remind me of her who is very adamant about like you know, your voice is important when you're writing and that your thoughts are just what you're writing on paper. Um, and so I get so uh, within, you know, higher education and uh, in academia, there's this syndrome kind of called imposter syndrome, where sometimes you don't feel like you're supposed to be there, like you're not qualified enough, even if you are, <laughs> but you're not qualified enough in it you know, uh, a lot of Black women, especially, you know, experience this when they're in spaces that are predominantly white, or with people that don't look like them. Um, and so you now having um, come through higher education, um, and also worked professionally um, for a number of years, how have you have you ever experienced imposter syndrome that helped you get through it? Uh, what is a piece of advice you could help uh, to remind people that they're they are qualified to be in a space to teach and to learn? Okay, I think the first thing I would say is, do I love myself enough to keep going? Mm. I think that would be the number one question. Now, what comes to my mind, and I'm gonna share this with you. When I went to Florida State University to work on my master's in English, uh, that summer we, we had a chance to meet each other because we were interns and we were actually going to teach courses in English uh, starting the fall. So it was an internship and we did teacher training. Well, one day I, I just happened to look around and I said, oh my God, I said, I'm the only black in here. I never forget that. I didn't even, I didn't even realize it until I think when we were in, in, a, in a classroom after, because we had to take classes as well after the summer and there was one Indian girl also and um, so we were in the class and I looked around and I said, oh my God, because all of us were just so eager for what we were there for until I did not even realize because the love for English and being in the program, we were so excited. Well, what happened? 
uh, which is unfortunate, but I'm going to tell you how I handled it. So the instructor uh, went around the class, asked each person to introduce himself or herself. And on the front row was, uh, I was on the front row, and so was my friend from, from India. And so he started on the right, and he went down each row. Well, the next row, I think, he went on down that row. I was first on the row. He went over me and went to the person behind me and went on because, you know, he pointed and nodded his head and went on. And then when he got to my friend from India, she said, you know, I think it, everyone had introduced themselves and she spoke up and she said, excuse me, professor, whatever his name, you forgot Sheila because everybody knew me. You know, we were all friends all summer. And he said, oh, 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 I'm sorry and pointed at me. And I said, no worries. I am Ralph Ellison's invisible woman. And I laughed and I said, I'm Sheila Beverly. And I am from Albany State College. And I went on and introduced myself. And they applauded. See, we were friends. All of us had become friends, you know. And the whole class applauded. And then he went on with the lesson, of course. And at the end of class, I was the last one to leave. I was packing up my stuff, not because I was going to say anything to him. I just don't know how that happened, but so happened. I was the last one to leave. And I said, um, I said bye to him when I was had my things gathered walking down the hall. And he called me back. He said, Sheila, Sheila. And I said, yes. And he called me back. He said, I'm so sorry. I said, no worries. All is well. And I turned and walked off. So at, always be the bigger person and know who you are and why you are there. You must realize purpose and all of those small things. That's what I call that. All of those small things. Always pray and think of a way to answer in a collegiate manner and let it go. And that's what I did. Wow. <laughs> I, if we weren't, if I wasn't this close to the microphone, I would have applauded as well when you said that. That was, that was an iconic yes. line. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, and I never had any problems, of course, with him. And uh, I, I was a little upset at the end because my writing a journal to teach students, I kept asking him for it and he never returned it. And I said, it's okay. It was work for him. He needed it. And so, because I said, you can't steal my thoughts, my vision, or my dreams. Take it, and I hope it helps you. Wow. And I let that go, because here I am <laughs> with the curriculum, and here I am, you know. So, it, no one can steal what's inside of you, and I think that's important. Mm, that's very important. That's a really, really good grounding reminder um, yeah. when you're in certain places and experiencing yeah. these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I couldn't have said it better myself. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> he kind of dropped the mic multiple times. He dropped the mic in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank so you. I want to thank you so much for your time, for your honesty, um, and your wisdom, uh, about your career, about the publishing process and, yes. um, conquering that uh, imposter syndrome and just remembering who you oh, are. Oh, yes. That's very important. So thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity. Make it a great day. 
And with that comes the close to this week's episode of Club Lib. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today and a special thank you to our guest, Miss Beverly. Make sure that you head to our description box to not only find the link to the show's website, but access show notes and a transcript. You will also be able to find resources to locate your local BIPOC bookstore and a website that links you to new bookish career listings. Please remember to subscribe and leave a comment. I really want to hear from y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today in Club Lib with me, your host, Dominique Dempsey. See you next time. Bye.